Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick uh, here continuing draft coverage. And we're looking back at day one now. We're just uh, It's important to get the recording timestamps on these, but we're doing this at 4.30 on the 29th. So it's after day one, but before day two. And joining me to talk about the exchange of value and the hunt for value that the Ravens went through on day one is Alec Pulianos. Alec, how are you doing? Doing well, Ken. Great to have you on. You were working the trade board for us last night, as well as giving analysis on other points. But uh, uh, a lot of uh, comparison of JJ values in particular uh, that were exchanged on day one. And, you know, lots of questions come up about the outdatedness of that chart and whether valuation should be flatter, whether in general that should be true or in this draft with a lot of talent um, stacked very deep in it, that, that it should be true. Uh, let's take a look at those trades from day one. Yeah, so it all started. It was a very boring draft up until pick 11, and then things went crazy. Uh, Washington traded back. They were advertising that they wanted to. Uh, New Orleans was a trade partner. Washington gave up 11, received 16, 98, and 120, which was a negative 88 uh, JJ points for Washington, which is about the equivalent of a... Um, early fourth rounder. So, yeah, that's a substantial, substantial negative. And one of the things I think is true about JJ trades is 
they can be crazy in the first 12 to 15 picks. And one of the reasons is that the JJ chart is extremely peaked towards those first round picks. So uh, you know, people will tend to tend to trade down and it's hard to um, maintain all of your value. If you're looking to trade down, you mentioned that Washington obviously telegraphed it before, but then we had the very next pick traded again. Yep. Uh, actually three in a row were traded. So then Minnesota traded 12 and 46 and got back and returned 32, 34 and 66 from Detroit. This was for an outstanding negative 230 JJ points for Minnesota, which is the equivalent to an early uh, third round pick. It's interesting because that trade I would have thought would have been something to be available to the Ravens to trade 14 for 32 and 34. And maybe right. maybe get the Lions picks, move back in the draft, would have been excited to be right there in terms of a nexus of a lot of different positional needs and talent and whatnot. And the Ravens, uh, Minnesota essentially threw in 46 for 66 as the change on that mm-hmm. deal to make it happen, which is obviously a very significant amount of value uh, traded and ends up being 230 JJ points. So the first two trades didn't look particularly good on the JJ scale. How do we uh, move on from there? It starts getting a lot closer after that. Um, we had Houston give up the 13th pick to Philadelphia. Philadelphia just passing the Ravens. That's all they wanted to do because they were at 15. It took them uh, 124, 162, and 166. So a fourth and two fifths. And um, it was only a minus 3.6 points for Houston on JJ points. I imagine on flatter scales, this would have been big a win. Uh, big win. Exactly. Yeah. And it's just more swings. Right. They need players. It's a good fit for them. Yeah, I, I, I thought that made a lot of sense. Obviously, Philadelphia really wanted Jordan Davis. And uh, and that was, a I think, an outstanding pick by the Houston front office or outstanding trade by the Houston front office to uh, uh, to make that move. I, I'm not even sure Houston wanted Davis. I know I had seen them mock. They could lose so many things. It's hard to say exactly what they wanted, but can't argue at all with picking up that many picks. We move on a little bit down. Uh, we look at the Hollywood pick, and, and this is a big one. I want to talk about the Ravens' hunt for value because it's really threefold in this first round. Um, and, and I'm kind of breaking away from the trade stuff for just a moment here. But Kyle Hamilton, they picked up with the 15th pick, or sorry, the 14th pick. And I think it was just a matter of it was too, he was too good to pass up. Yeah, I think how they saw it was they teleported to the fifth overall pick and mm-hmm. – there was no one that would give them enough value for 14, given the fact that they now had the opportunity to draft one, the players that they loved. Um, so I think that's why they put the pick in so fast. Yeah, it, uh, they said it was a no, EDC said it was a no brainer. This is a case where when you see the Ravens ignore premium positions of need the way they did, and they had a bunch of premium positions of need edge, corner. Uh, you know, the defensive interior, you could even call that way if they if they would have traded up for Jordan Davis, they could have had him uh, and left tackle. You know, they, they ignored all of those needs and said, nope, we're taking the best value on the board. Um, and what's not a position of need here. And they've got a cheap player on a rookie, not a rookie deal, but a cheap player in Chuck Clark that they may have to reduce his playing time slightly. It becomes an immense value play. So I I. When I see a trade like that, I think that's a, that's a great value move. I really liked it in real time, what uh, what they got with Hamilton. Oh, yeah. I mean, I got really excited really quickly about the trade, or I guess that, that pickup. I think it's going to be a really creative defense, uh, a lot of jumbo nickel, and um, 
yeah, I, I think it was a good move uh, to just stick and pick there. Immediately after is when we found out about the Hollywood news. So it was, it was orchestrated. And actually, if you listen to the Arizona, like, I guess not presser, but like discussion about what happened, mm-hmm. they wanted to keep it quiet because I think the Ravens were interested in the wide receivers. So what we were cheering right. along the wide receiver run, they knew, mm-hmm. <laughs> oh crap, you know, like that's what maybe what they were going for. Um, right. So they had to just stick and pick. Yeah. So they had other receivers they probably could have taken there, but there had been a big run in receivers right before the Baltimore pick, of course. Four guys, I think, in a row. Taking yeah, the, receiver. the four that I would consider the top tier, too. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I guess, no, Burks was still there. It was only three. Still, a uh, Burks would have been a reach at 14. So let's I, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, the Ravens did, I think, what, what made all kinds of sense is, uh, you know, Jermaine Johnson passing him up was a big decision to to, uh, uh, to do that. I mean, they obviously need an edge player, and and they went with a with a you know just a, what they think was a much higher value guy. And Jermaine Johnson ended up dropping to the point where they could have had him again at at twenty three or twenty five, and they didn't take him. Yeah, something was going on there. I heard some rumblings that he might have had some character issues, um, and maybe caused the drop, but. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. That that was uh, the biggest surprise, I think, from a player dropping perspective. Right. Well, let's not speculate on that. I don't like to do that on this show anyway. But uh, but the Hollywood trade itself, uh, I think people are upset that oh, I can't believe they trade Hollywood Brown for just a you know a, 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 the difference between a first and a fourth. You got to examine that, folks. Okay, the 23rd pick in the draft is worth 760 JJ points. Mm-hmm. The 100th pick in the draft is worth. 100 JD points, yeah. as it turns out. <laughs> yeah, and I, I always found that one kind of cool. Kind of cool. So the difference is 660 JJ points. So let's start, and we'll, we'll talk about it in, the, in that currency for starters. That means that they traded the 660 JJ points is equivalent to what pick is, the, is then the question. Yeah, yeah pick 28. Pick so 28. first round pick. So they effectively flipped a year and a half of Hollywood Brown Remaining Scott. Now I say a year and a half because he's got one year at his cheap rookie deal, and then he's got another year at the option price. So you're paying almost market value, or you're paying closer to market mm-hmm. value for him. Um, but one and a half years of of Marquise Brown in exchange for uh, a 28th overall pick, effectively. You know, they they end up getting you know 23, but then they have to give back a a, a, a 100. So. Uh, I'm very excited with that trade. I think it was absolutely an enormous gain in value. I mean, we go back to last year, we lost Orlando Brown Jr. We gained a second round pick in equivalent value. Yeah. So almost, you know, two thirds discount for a right tackle, now left tackle, which is a more premium position than a wide receiver, in my opinion, in these days. Yeah. So uh, really good good trade. Uh, Another thing to remember people is uh, he was drafted with the 25th pick. So effectively, three years to appreciate him, three picks back in the first round, and we got to use him. Um, yeah, I, I think it was a really no-brainer trade. An excellent uh, retention of new car value there. <laughs> exactly. Uh, you, uh, a lot of these guys, you drive them off a lot, and they're not worth the same anymore. Isaiah Wilson, you know, guys, guys uh, you tossed their career down the drain. But anyway, I, I thought outstanding play. So, so far, they've made two incredible value plays. The problem from this is they've also opened up another premium position of need at wide receiver that they mm-hmm. now have to figure out how to fill. But uh, let's continue on with the trades as they went the rest of the rest of this first round. Sure. So the Eagles, um, 
got back into the action with trading. They traded their 18th overall pick and the 101 for A.J. Brown. So a lot of wide receivers in that class making moves. We know that Debo wants a trade. Metcalf apparently could be traded. Um, so all of them from that same draft class are now moving around. And I think it's just a f- further reflection of what we're seeing in the wide receiver market, this bubble that's kind of existing yep. uh, where people don't want to pay. And yeah, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this all plays out. It's, it's the new free agency period is uh, wide receivers are trying to get paid a year early or actually two years early, frankly, because they have an option year as well. But, you know, if, if they thought of you know getting paid one year early, they're advancing at one with these trade demands, which come at, at this point. And uh, I think AJ was a one also originally. I don't I don't know that for a fact. But the, but the point is that um, 996 points for AJ Brown versus 660 for Hollywood seems in line and i'm not if brown has does not have an option year and i do not know the answer on that i don't know what round he was originally drafted in for sure uh then it's even more extreme yeah i think he was a second rounder but it yeah doesn't matter (laughs) i will uh i will look it up as we go and then uh I'll, i'll have it for you next but go ahead go through the next play trade which was new england yeah, New England, this is an interesting one. Uh, they traded 21 for 29, 94, and 121. That was all from Kansas City. That was a win in 16 points for New England. Uh, they later went on to pick number 88 on Jason from Huddle Up Films board, Cole Strange. So don't know if they actually accrued any value with that trade back, um, but yeah. they, uh, they, they did get 16 points in JJ value. Yeah, so the 16 points in JJ value is interesting. It's also three to one in picks, which is which is probably, you know, depending on where you are in terms of needing to fill your roster, that could be a, a very good thing. But uh, the 16 points in JJ value is not at all insignificant. And they, uh, by the way, that's equivalent to what an early sixth round pick, roughly. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, so uh, it's a good. That's a good net for New England. If they'd pushed off value, I don't think their fans would really have objected. Other flatter valuations would really praise this trade as being a great one, uh, but but a good one anyway, at, at at the very least. Going back to AJ Brown for a second, he was a second round pick, so he is available immediately to, or he's he'll, he'll get his uh, big contract a year early. To me. The Titans way overpaid for Brown relative to what the Cardinals paid for Hollywood. So if they got 996 mm. JJ points for a guy who's only got one cheap year remaining, and Hollywood right. has a year and a half cheap remaining, uh, you've got to really believe there's a bigger difference between those two receivers that I would jump to. Yeah, I agree. I, I was really surprised that Philadelphia played that pe- uh, premium for for Brown. Okay. All right. So now we move on and we go to uh, the Baltimore Buffalo trade at number 23. Yeah, this is a classic one for Baltimore. Went back two spots, gained a fourth rounder at 130. They gained two points in JJ value, uh, which is essentially maybe a seventh that Buffalo could have extracted if we had a seventh to give. And uh, yeah, the, the nice thing about this trade is that I imagine they would have went Linderbaum either way. So they yeah. just ended up getting another pick that could translate into a third next year if they want yeah. to reset. They, they, they kind of did by, by moving back two spots exactly. And, you know, having some notion of what Dallas was going to do at 24, they, they clearly are 
indicating that they like Linderbaum better than uh, uh, Kairilam, who was the guy who would have filled a premium need for them. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, if it, I don't think they thought we could still get Elam at 25. I don't think that was it. I think it was that they wanted Linderbaum uh, and they knew other good players would be available as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I, I kind of wish they traded back again to try and get Linderbaum even a little later. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, oh, I mean, they waited the whole clock, so they very well could have been listening and mm-hmm. no one no one called. Yeah. All right, well, good trade for the Ravens anyway. Uh, if you believe in flatter valuation systems, the Ravens won that trade big. If you if you believe in uh, uh, JJ, they won it small, but still they won it. Very nice. So uh, second to last trade was uh, Tennessee again. They traded 26 in the 101 for 35, 69, and 163. That was a 23.6 point win for Tennessee, the trader backers. Uh, and if you believe in, you know, flatter, then it's even more so. So um, 23 is about a uh, sixth round pick. No, fifth round pick. Sorry, fifth round pick. I'm sorry. 23.6 is a, is a late five, right? Yep. Sorry, is yeah. a, uh, sorry, sorry, sorry. It's probably an early five, actually. Yeah. Um, I, I, I look at that trade. It's a little harder to determine who's the trader backer in that because it's 26-101 and and. 35 and 69 are trade backs, but, but 101 to 163, I guess you call that a second trade back, but Mm -hmm. they didn't get anything for it. So, um, uh, it's, it's harder to say what that is, but it's, I think it's still a nice JJ win for 20 for Tennessee. But what it shows you is that we're getting later in the first round and the JJ chart is being adhered to very closely. Mm-hmm. Uh, by these teams, so, uh, you know the Ravens won theirs by two, New England by sixteen. The, the Hollywood and the and the AJ Brown trade are player trades, so it can't be evaluated the same way. Houston was minus three point six, so it's really just those first two where mm-hmm. JJ value wasn't really looked at. Yeah, it was kind of out the window. Um, we were all really surprised. I thought it would continue uh, throughout the rest of the evening, but it did not. It kind of settled down. So we got Tampa Bay and Jacksonville making the last trade of the first round. Yep, Tampa Bay gave up the 27th pick to get Jacksonville's 35, 106, and 180. Um, this was a loss, actually, for Tampa Bay, trading back, um, at least from a JJ perspective, of 30.2 points. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do gain more picks, and they also gain, uh, in a flatter evaluation, probably a win. I, I, I would say probably in a flatter evaluation, they have a win. So that might be a, a case where, where a, a Rich Hill chart or something else that's more inter, intermediate you know, makes more sense. So just, just to talk about this in more general terms, the JJ chart is the most peaked chart of all. It seems to be used for trade still, as we've said, and we've kind of indicated here in this, in this little run-through. But all of the others, Hill uh, is, is kind of in the middle, and then the, the really extreme one is the – um, Spielberger Fitzgerald one. That's right, and and that that is a extraordinarily flat one. And one of the issues with flat, I'm going to tell you this. This is as a as a math guy, the issue is that you start to count replacement level value as having some value in a points chart. Where mm. in truth, you should be saying, I can get replacement level value out of these players whenever wherever i want i can always get a replacement level guy so please don't ascribe you know five points of whatever your value whatever your currency is mm-hmm. to this replacement level player that's my primary problem 
with the flatter valuation scales is I don't think they reflect that. And NFL GMs are too smart and they honestly, they don't trade by Fitzgerald Spielberg. Yeah, I actually have this trade still in the calculator. The Fitzgerald Spielberg is ridiculous. Uh, in that regard, they gained almost a thousand points, um, which is like double the trade. So, uh, what, what, so they they basically doubled their trade. The their yeah, value. they wow. doubled their yeah they doubled their value uh, almost just just short uh, with the Fitzgerald one. In the Hill, though, this is a uh, this is probably what they're actually using or something similar, right? Hill it was a, a negative six for the Patriots, okay. so a pretty close evaluation. Okay, for the Patriots or for J- or are you, are you looking at the Jacksonville Tampa Bay trade? Oh, so, I'm sorry, yeah, Tampa Bay, yeah. Okay, uh, yep. Tom Brady effect. You know, it's yeah. good, but, yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly you. what happened. I, I, I know. I, I know that's exactly what happened. I go through that thought process with you, my friend. <laughs> so, in in the pick of Linderbaum, the Ravens again addressed a non uh, premium position, but they did at least get a get a uh, uh, an upgrade. My issue with that one is is different from it being a value pick. I think it's a fine value pick in terms of mm-hmm. did, did they get a player at a position. I think they did okay. I think they did well. Not extraordinarily well. It's not as good as the Hamilton pick, but they did well. What I have a problem with is that I like a lot of the fourth-round centers, uh, and I think they'll give you um, a lot of that value. I mean, I, I like Zach Tom, who's a, who's a tackle in college to mm-hmm. the center. I really like Luke Fortner as a guy, Cam Jurgens. I mean, Cole Strange went early, too. He would have been another guy I would have put in this group. Uh, mm-hmm. So maybe these guys don't last all till the fourth round, but I think the Ravens have had options to fill the position at a lower uh, draft capital cost later. Me too. I mean, you're talking about maybe a fourth round player. It's literally a tenth of JJ value. Mm-hmm. I don't think you're getting a tenth of the player. So like, you really need to get, in my opinion, an all pro out of this Linderbaum pick for it to truly be worth it. Um, I'm a little disappointed by it still to this day. I think that's a bit of a projection in that you ha- you kind of have to believe the Ravens are willing to somewhat adapt their line play to fit to his strengths. And, um, you know, we'll see if that actually occurs. I imagine that will. I don't think they draft players without the intent of being able to use them correctly. Right. But uh, it is it is just like I'm still a little down on it. I'm still a little sad. Uh, but my, my whole thing is if with the second round pick or even however day two goes, if day two goes really well for the Ravens, I'll, 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 I'll chalk it as like everything worked out fine in the end. <laughs> you know? that, that is the problem. And, and we had this discussion a little bit last night on, mm-hmm. on our, on our show. Hopefully everybody give that a, a chance and try and listen. I got it broken up into four one hour shows uh, and it'll be posted. Uh, oh, but, nice. the, but the, uh, um, the thing that came up is that you, you can't really do that. If you make a great pick that doesn't give you the right to make a shitty pick. So, yeah. so you know, it, 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 going back to the 2018 draft, they passed on Derwin James and, and ended up taking Hayden Hurst, admittedly with some additional value that they got later on. But they could have had Derwin James and mm-hmm. still had Lamar Jackson because they traded next year's two to move up to get Lamar Jackson. Now, there mm-hmm. had other players that came later in the draft that they might have had more difficulty getting. And I'm, I'm not saying that they, they, they didn't have a need for the other draft capital. I'm just saying they didn't do a good job of, of managing their round one draft capital that went eventually to Hurst. Um, in, in, in terms of that trade. And you can't, you can't look at two picks like that and say, yeah, we made a generational pick with Lamar Jackson and we also took Hayden Hurst, who we managed to get value back from and say everything's fine, fine. It's not fine. You pass on Derwin James, it is not fine. It is a defining moment in your team's history when you do that. 
Uh, and, you know, I, in, in one sense, I'm happy that they got that res- reversed because the, the Hamilton pick is the exact analog for the Derwin James situation. Exact. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, no, you're right. I, I shouldn't be allowing myself to forgive uh, past transgressions, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, it's I guess we'll just have to wait and see if he is really the player they think he is. Then um, perhaps it all works out. You know, <laughs> Linderbaum or Hamilton, both Linderbaum. Oh, yeah. Hamilton. I, I like Hamilton a lot. One of my friends was worried about him. And I said, dude, don't worry about the 40 time. Just watch how well he processes and you'll be very happy. Yeah. You know, we're going to see him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Hamilton piles up four sacks this year. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he's a second man to the ball or first man for that matter. And and is is constantly creating turnovers. I'm, I'm, I cannot wait to see what they do with those two. Uh, it was two safeties and also what Chuck Clark will bring when, uh, when he's on the field in other ways. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Alec, always a pleasure to talk football with you. Thanks for coming on on, on short notice right after draft day, uh, working through some technical issues with us. Uh, we understand we're going to miss you for tonight's, uh, performance, which is sad because w- w- it was great to have you on, uh, on last night's, uh, uh yeah, I think I might work. make an appearance. I, I I'm going to try my best to be on for a little bit, but, okay. uh, yeah, I, I'll, uh, I'll do my best. Yeah, All right. but uh, no, we'll, we'll see. We'll see how the reception is. <laughs> Terrific. Internet problems have been uh, abound today. Other folks out there, uh, if you're if you're looking to be on a film study short, please hit me up with a DM. They're open on Twitter. I'd love to talk to you about just about anything. We're after the draft now, so pressure's off. We can really talk about anything you like. Alec, thanks again for coming on. Absolutely. We'll talk to you next time on film study. <laughs> you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours activities excursions and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.